Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host for today, it's Tony Anderson, and on this occasion, I am joined solitary by Thomas Watt. Hello, how are you doing? Oh, I am grand, Tom. I mean, we've just been away chatting already for about half an hour, 40 minutes on our top five Scottish Premiership players this month, and that's on our Patreon. So if you'd like to listen to that after you listen to this, please subscribe and listen to it, because it was great. We had 10 separate players uh, so lots to talk about there and even though there was only four games this weekend Tom uh, it seemed like a, a really big weekend in terms of uh, things are happening I mean we've lost Alex Dyer uh, Neil Lennon for some reason we haven't lost but they've been beaten at uh, Parkhead by St Mirren for the first time in God, 30 years or something like that was did I recall uh, obviously the teams that were out of form and, and Hibs and Dundee United so that was Took a bit that took on quite a, a bit of importance because I think both managers are starting to feel a bit under pressure. And even though it finished nil nil, according to highlights, I actually thought the Livingston Aberdeen game looked pretty relatively exciting for a nil nil. But we are going to start at Parkhead where that historic result for St. Mirren came in. And Tom, uh, you know what? Let's talk. Let's start with St. Mirren. I think it deserves. I was yep. really impressed. Again, I mean, it's sim- similar to like this Livingston style is that. They rested, but they, they, they rotated their squad for, for this game and they didn't look like they've skipped a beat. And Jim Goodwin, it's just last season he had real problems with the, when the season started. He couldn't get the players in that he wanted till really, really late in the day. And he still managed to get that. So he managed to get the team that was good enough to stay up. And then this season he's had to contend with COVID. So he's basically, his first two seasons, pre seasons as a manager, they've actually been quite tough for anyone at any time as a manager. But 
this team's just growing and growing. And, and now, like I say, we're now looking at it as like, is this squad pretty handy on the whole? They seem to be pretty handy. I, and, they, and, and Goodwin is proving himself to be pretty tactically astute. I mean, it, it, it's not proving in the sense that it's a huge surprise because uh, he's proved that over the last couple of years. But I think he's, you can almost see them improving before your very eyes. And mm-hmm. like, like you say, they, they, Doyle Hayes didn't start Richard Tate didn't start Abika didn't start Flynn didn't start Brophy didn't start all players that you would imagine would have been there or thereabouts they uh, and they were very switched on they packed the midfield um, they didn't give Celtic any time on, on the ball and all while we'll, we'll come on to Celtic or New Lennon's likely playing into uh, into the, those those strengths they were they were excellent on the ball Um really switched on they deserve huge credit um, and I think the, because because it's such a you know landmark victory and like you say the first time they've won there in, in, in 30 years a lot of the credit uh, has been taken off because of the focus has been on the Lynn but the way they score that that that, that first goal is beautiful yeah. like 10 I mean yeah, there, there is definitely terrible defending in it but there's either nine or ten touches from the ball back at the goalkeeper to being played out wide to little touches in and about and, and they're in and they score. I, they were hugely impressive. Um, they've got, what, three games in hand now, I think, on, on, on Dundee United um, and St. Johnson, who are probably their closest challengers and they're sitting sixth. So you would have thought that, that you know the ball's definitely in their court, and the way that they're playing at the moment, um, they could be on court. They, they should be on course for a top six finish. Yeah, and then we've got, and maybe the chairman said they should be a top six club a couple of years ago, and he got ridiculed for that. And now, if he had just left it and started talking about them being in Europe or winning the bloody league or whatever he said this time, we just went for the top <laughs> six. He would have looked absolutely spot on. Um, and and like you said, I mean, they changed to a back three, which is the first time they've done in a long time. I'm certainly thinking that's what that Goodwin was saying. But like you're saying, that the confidence they had in, in their style of play, the, the beauty of playing a back three and the sort of three five two, when you play it take places like Parkhead and Ibrox, as I always feel that it gives you more sort of options in the ball through the middle of the pitch. Um, like when, when you don't, when you, especially when you're maybe struggling, you're going to be under pressure to do so. And I think you saw that for... They were, as you say, they were able to play out for the back for the goal, but there was other periods where they were actually getting the ball into McAllister and Dennis's feet. They never once looked like they were pinned in uh, for, for really long periods. They, they were out there, they expressed themselves. I mean, in terms of bravery, they're, they're going into this with Connolly and Dermis as, as wingbacks. I, you're, you're not fucking around there. I mean, you're, you're, you're coming in with, like, I, I, I feel like we're going, that's thinking on the front foot. I mean, Dermis is... Um, he's got the scored the winning goal. Dermis is a fun player, but he, he's not always one that you would want to hang your hat on, especially at left wing back at Parkhead. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like wincing a bit, but um, he, he's pulled out the bag. But again, he was playing on much more on the front foot than you would expect. And this formation going forward might end up being what he goes for because he went with two up front uh, in the 5 1 game during the week. And I can feeling that he might look at this like this might be part of that is because he looked a bit better with two up front. But the problem with them would be that they need to get McGrath, Erehon, and Doyle Hayes, who wasn't playing this game. But I expect that Doyle Hayes is someone who's going to have to come back into the team. I mean, he was, he, he's a really good player. 
uh, since since he came in there. And then you've still got Flynn and McPherson. So there's lots of options in that middle ground. And if they're going to be able to get a tune out of guys like Connolly and Dermis out wide, then in, in, in wing-back positions, then this way you get the best out of Brophy. Because we obviously we always think Brophy's sort of better in a front two on the whole. The only time sort of he was done it without being in a front two was really when Greg Stewart was beside him. And that's sort of a different kettle of fish than maybe what he might have at um, St Mirren but now I mean similar to like what we're talking about with Livingston now this team starts to look more and more like it's got options and someone like Dennis who's who's come in um, not much fanfare that's him on three goals he's only started three matches uh, maybe nine subs appearances I mean that's pretty good going and he scored a, he scored a sort of goal at Parkhead that's him got two goals in a week and now they're just it was just so impressive how brave they were they, they certainly did they spoke on sports scene about believing and how important that is when you go to these places and that I, I, I think it's fair enough I mean that's easy to sort of poo-poo and just easy to say it sounds quite fluffy if you know what I mean they're, they're, but I do they certainly played as a team who believed that they could get the win and, and Celtic to, to move on to them it so shit how little they just there was no impetus in what they were doing it, 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 it just it's really embarrassing for them like if you're a fan they'd be losing their fucking marbles because they're just it started to I don't think they're not trying I always think that's an easy thing to say but they look like they're not trying because the heads are down so much that they they, they were just they were sort of deep in they weren't quickly getting out to press the ball they were sort of standing like statues at times and the, the onslaught that you would expect that we all expect at Parkhead especially when you go a goal up or a sit two one up, it never looked like it came to me. No, I, I mean, I think, I think an awful lot of credit has to go to St. Johnson for the way that they, they had the sort of, it was almost like an old-fashioned, you know, 90s formation and where they, they swamped the midfield and because of the way Celtic set up, basically if you could get beyond sorrow, you were in. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was completely overrun. Um, and you know we're not. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't totally made my mind up about whether he's good or not, or if he's just better than the, the ghost of Scott Brown. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I th- and so it's almost like where do you start with 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 Celtic? I mean, I, I do think a lot of the fault is on the players, um, and the way the, the the there is there is a there is a real sort of lack of belief there. Tactically, I don't know what Lennon's thinking. I mean, so Goodwin funds the, funds the midfield. He, even even though this was a, a an unexpected tactical change, St Mirren are always pretty stodgy in midfield. They're good at controlling games in midfield. So he starts with Sorrow sitting, and you've got McGregor, Turnbull, and Elianusi, two of which do, do not want to sit. One of which wasn't asked to, to sit. I mean, McGregor seemed to be playing wide mm-hmm. at a large point, and you've got Griffiths and Edward uh, Edward. So you, you're, you're very top-heavy. And then you're 2-1 you're down at half-time, and he takes off Griffiths and puts on Rogic, and you, you assume that's to balance the midfield. But then 10 minutes later, takes off Elianusi and Soro for, for Christian and Jetty. So I, it's very clear that Lennon is kind of a, a, a caretaker at the moment, but it can't be doing him any good to, to be sort of coasting in the way that he's talking about um, he still wants to be there next season. And he, wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't rule out bringing back Duffy and Laxalt. You're like, Jesus Christ, won't somebody think of the, the season tickets? <laughs> like, I, I mean, he's just gone rogue. Okay? He just saying, he just, you don't oh. believe a word's coming out of his mouth anymore in terms, well, like, 
unless it's criticising the players. <laughs> no, I, I, and I think like, I, I hate when people do like combined 11s, but if you did one of every single team Celtic has played in recent weeks, like not in a normal season when it's Celtic against whoever, the combined 11 is the Celtic 11. Every single game Celtic have played this season, that, for a team with Champions League aspirations and for a team that generates 150 million a year or whatever it is, they, this this eleven would be significantly improved by Joe Shaughnessy. It's, it's, that's <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd be Todd and so, Duffy, yeah. yeah. And, and I think <laughs> the, the the danger that they've got now is it's a, it's starting to get to be a, a, a snowballing process because the, the start of like go back to the start of last year, there were definitely issues. Like you didn't, we didn't really know what the goalkeeper situation was going to be. Although they had some good keepers, they definitely needed a centre back. They definitely needed to replace Scott Brown. This season, all those issues are, are are still there, but the league is gone. It's too late to do anything about most of them, and we're already seeing the problems that are going to bleed into next season. Mm-hmm. And, and like when the new chief exec comes in, he's got to presumably find a new manager. That manager's going to have to repair the confidence of at least his goalkeeper, if not finding a new one. Um, improve the atmosphere that, to like to an outsider anyway, seems to be forcing players to 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 want to move elsewhere. Like Frimpong seemed to just be like, "Nah, I had enough of this." Yeah, I can't I, believe again. I have I have no outside, I have no insider knowledge, but it seemed very much to be like sack this. But Edward hasn't really been at the races. No sign that Christie's signing a new contract. They've got to fix some fundamental culture problems exemplified by the last six weeks. And it's a squad that seems to be depreciating in value by the week. Like Chris that was a comfortably an eight-figure transfer fee. Eight figures, is my right? Um, yeah. A, a couple, you know, even six months ago, he's now a right-back who's only having to play right back because they don't have anyone else. And as soon as you play them at right back, the centre of the defence is, is compromised. They're, they're in a mess. They're Absolutely. in a real mess. And it's like, and Goodwin like, basically watched it. Like, they're playing the 4-4-2 with a diamond, um, which is basically how, they, how they've been playing for the month. And to be fair, Goodwin, he, he's just strolled in with that 3-5-2, which seems like the sort of perfect formation to play it against that. And like I said, the, the reason he's got Brave is because he thought, like, Ayer, he's good going forward, Ayer, similar to, like, what we're talking about with Sean Rooney. Once he gets going, he, he can be hard to stop, but he's not natural in that position. He's not going to be putting in excellent crosses, for, for example. Um, and, and then so if, you great, had, if you had two Christoph Ayers, I can absolutely understand why you would play one of them at right yeah, back. Yeah. Because he's a perfectly good right back. He's a perfectly serviceable right back. He's good defensively. He gets forward. He's comfortable on the ball. But he is by... Infinite stretches, their best centre back, yeah. and that's Plus such a crucial, <laughs> such a crucial part of the team that needs to be. So, like, is is El Elamid injured? Is that is that a problem at the moment, or is he not? Is he not available? Um, I think he's injured at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was some there was some talk that he was he was going he will be heading to pastures new as well, but um, yeah, injured at the moment. I, they just. Like you go back to, uh, I'd play Taylor or Laxalt right back, just for simply the reason it's so I can have Ayer in the center. Uh, like yeah. I think it is that it is that bad with Beaton and Duffy, um, that as, and I mean in the second goal, uh, I know we've not mentioned it, 
what the fuck is Duffy doing? It's just like, like, we, it, like in terms of optics, where he ends up, <laughs> how far away he ends up from Dermis in, in that in that sort of split second, just it just looks so bad once the ball hits the net. He's so. He, I mean, it it comes from miles away. Like, <laughs> so, so it comes from a St Mirren throw, which is barely inside the Celtic half. Like Cal McAllister's ball in the box, it's not even like a hopeful ball. There is nobody in the box. It's like the, there is nobody coming near the box. If if Duffy wasn't there, Bain would have come and got it. Like there, <laughs> there is no, there is zero danger from that. And Duffy, he seems to get back into position, watches it come out there, and he must be six inches at least taller than than Dermis at least, and somehow. He manages to both lose lose Dermis and end up about six feet away from him and nowhere near the ball. It doesn't even get, get up. It's like he doesn't even realise Dermis is there. Because it's like he's moving it's like he's moving into a position where he can clear the ball with his feet. If you know what I mean. He's trying to move away from the ball, sort of backpedal a bit so he can sort of clear the ball with his feet. So it's like he doesn't realise that the guy who's right beside him, who he's been looking at, uh, isn't there anymore. Like he's just oh, he must have just disappeared. There's a fantastic shot. Like I mean, it, it, it's it's wild watching it anyway. It's wild watching that goal. And every single time you you watch it, you're like, he he, he has to get this. Even yeah. in the replays, like, what happens? But he, he's got to get this. There's no danger whatsoever in this. Um, there's a fantastic shot from behind the goal, and you see just like even having lost the man and ended up quite far away from him, he's about fifteen feet away from Dermis when Dermis puts it past the goalie. Like, even having lost the man, lost the flight of the ball, and got completely confused about where you are, he's still got the ball. Like, he's still got, like, he's still got, he's still got a wee bit to do. You might want to, like, be a bit closer to him after that. It, it's, it is baffling. Like, I would, I'd love to hear what Gary Breen thinks. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, we'll have to move on. I mean, we've given enough Celtic bashing and St. Mirren were absolutely great and congratulations to them. And like, yeah, that, that top six position is really sort of hotting up now. Uh, you've got sort of Livingston, who you've I've got to assume are going to be in there. And you've got St. Johnston and you've got St. Mirren, but only, you reckon only two can get in there because even though Hibs and Aberdeen have done their best to allow everyone back in there uh, over the sort of month of January, uh, I think we did build up enough of a head of steam going into um, going into January, going into the new year that they, they they should be just about okay for the for the top six. But I'm going to go to Rugby Park, which is for Alex Dyer's last match, where it all just sort of seemed to go horribly wrong in in the second half, Tom. But I don't think there was any real shock about St Johnston coming back because it seemed to be a bit of a false position that two 0 for Kilmarnock at the time. Yeah, I mean. I think everyone to to the out to the outsider, Alex Dyer, like he, he seems a really lovely lovely guy. He seems really thoughtful and intelligent, and uh, he speaks really well about the game. Of, like you could you can listen to him. But three wins and a draw in the last fifteen games, and and Kelly are in they are in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think, and you know, reading uh, some of Craig Anderson's thoughts as as he was watching the game, like Kelly had not played at all well. And we're two 0 up, and I think then for maybe ten minutes after they were two 0 up, they started to play a wee bit, and and there wasn't you know they did they did have an opportunity. I think Chris Burke had another opportunity to make it three 0 but 
St Johnston were the better team throughout that match. St Johnston had better chances, were kind of pinning pinning Killy back, and out of possession, it it was kind of difficult to see what the the setup was like. It, it, I mean, there, there's there's times it almost looks like two two banks of four on top of each other, but with no width either. It was like eight, eight players kind of crammed into, that uh, camped in front of the, the their, own, their own penalty area. And St. Johnston were, were tenacious and were finding room out wide. Um, and as soon as the, uh, the, the, you know, Kelly did have a chance to, to kill it off, but as soon as they got a foothold in it, even though, you know, I, I, I was only watching the scores coming in, as soon as, they got a foothold in it. You could sense that, yeah, that the, the, the tide had turned on it. Yeah, and, it was no surprises. And then when I when I saw the Kilmarnock team, I, I was worried from the start. Anyway, I mean, um, when it was Dickamona and Rossi as the centre half, I mean, it, it's not that they're absolutely woeful players. Um, they have their moments, but the drop off from Broadfoot and Finlay to Dickamona and Rossi is is, is a pretty big drop off especially like Millen's not perfect I mean Millen's probably his best attributes is crossing and then Houndstrup uh, he's, he's looked decent in, in spells Houndstrup but again I wouldn't want to be hanging my hat on at the back four I just think reeked of this is going to be a pretty long day and then what's behind them another pretty questionable goalie it was like there was just nobody in that back five I was like right they're definitely definitely going to hold this all together. You know, there was, there was a, an issue with every single player in there. I mean, they've got Burke back and, and I mean, he looked great and, and the goal I thought was superb. Um, and Tanzer, he, he, he sort of, he puts Tanzer in an awful position where Tanzer just sort of twisting. You know, in the minute you see our fullbacks almost in a 360 pirouette um, when, when he's got a run in, um, you know that they're really in trouble and just like, I think James McFadden said that on the, on the sports scene there, that's so that that's the two touches where he, he takes it just a bit further wide. You think he's about to pull the trigger. Then he takes another touch and Tanzer's completely out of the game at that point. Then he drills it low in. Um like great. I mean Kabamba came in, he got a couple of assists, and Kabamba's forms dropped off a, a cliff. Um at the, for the first few months of the season. I was really enjoyed Kabamba. I thought he was great. Um he was sort of like a handful, good in the air. And he's honestly dropped out a clip. I saw him play against Hibs Rugby Park sort of maybe six weeks ago and he was laughably bad in that match. And he got a couple of assists. That'd be good. George Oakley, what's the answer? Is he the answer? You're, it's not, not going to be keeping you up, I, I would argue. I mean, I suppose he would argue that he managed to play a Hamilton and he kept them up, no problem. So maybe I'm wrong. But, <laughs> um, so, but with Dyer, it was like, like the squad, I just think they've got, a, they've, they've got a decent squad. They were missing a few players there, but they should be doing better. And, and like you say, I think it was time for, for Dyer to go. And, and I'm glad it's went before, maybe before it gets sort of poisonous because as I say, he's such a popular figure with players and, and, with, the, and with the fans. And it's better that he goes before, he can, before there's any real permanent damage done. Uh, so I feel like it was maybe the nicest way for him to go when it's not absolutely terminal uh, what's going what's gonna to be left behind. But St. Johnston, um, what a what a week they've had! Really, um, obviously they, they knocked Hibs. They've got to the final. 
they got that draw against Aberdeen, which on the face of it, I think is a really good point because I, I was saying this last week, coming off a, the high of a semi-final, it's not, you normally do have a drop-off. It happens all the time eh, after big wins. And so Aberdeen were still the better team in that match, but St. Johnston, their work rate never dropped down. So uh, they maybe weren't able to put things together as well as they had in other games, but they still, their work rate was never in question. They defended well against Aberdeen. And in this game, no heads going down. These are the, the sort of, some people, for most people, I'd say some people's famous, a uh, favourite type of win, uh, win. And I'm thinking when Melamede, Kane and Wotherspoon, I think we might have found the front three um, after a lot of chopping and changing, if you like. Yeah, I, I think they were, I think a lot of credit has to go to Callum Davidson because I think it would have been very easy to tear it up at halftime because, I mean, they, they were 2-0 they were down. They could easily have been 3-0 down and it would have been very easy to to look at that and see that it wasn't working. Where in actual fact, an awful lot was was going right. Like they needed, uh, they needed to get a little bit more. They needed a bit of, uh, they needed the, the the rub of the green a little bit, and and they did get that in the, the second half. If they just kind of kept their heads and were, were professional, um, and they get back into it, um, and you 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 sense that that was the way the, the momentum was going. I, I think. Uh, to your point, I think they found they have found their front. It's almost like when they when they go on the offensive, it's almost like a front five because mm-hmm. you've got because because like Sean Rooney's up, up there, Davidson and, and McCann are, are supporting, and the, there's the three of the, the the front five or six that they've, they've got an awful lot of attacking points now, um, and I've been. pretty particularly impressed recently with, with Melamed, who I think has it, it's taken him a while to settle um, and he's had to be quite patient as they've tried out a bunch of different systems and, and looked at a, a couple of different ways that they, they, they might approach the attack. But I think he's starting to make things happen for them and he's starting to bring out the, bre- the best of, of um, Chris Kane Um got a couple of assists uh, in this game and I think he there are a lot of positive signs for St Johnston I think it's probably come a bit late for them to mount an assault on the top six because I still think they're a little inconsistent but they will be perfectly safe yeah because they, they have had sort of big winless runs and they've had pretty big unbeaten runs over the period of the season, but I think we are starting to see it now. I think they might plateau a bit now and they won't go on so long. Winless runs anyway. Uh, I think he might, he's starting to find it with Davidson and McCann, I think is, is the right way to go. There's good balance in that. Um, sort of McCann's legs, Davidson's experience. Uh, it's always good, I think, in Scottish football terms. I'm not saying it's all long ball, but the ball does spend time in the air and having a, and having a big midfielder in there for winning headed battles is, is, always a, is always a plus point in Scottish football terms with someone like Davidson. Uh, and they've, they've built, they've kind of quietly built a squad. Mm-hmm. Like all, one of Tommy Wright's bugbears was always that they were short-handed and they could always have done with an extra body. Um, and while it's not a huge squad, you look through who they've got on the bench and, and the options that they've got. They have got a number of different ways that they can play and they have got players that can come off the bench and change games. Um so yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot to like about St. John's. Yeah, Melamed, uh, so what he adds, maybe don't have, O'Halloran's 
sort of quicker, but O'Halloran's sort of been frustrating this season, really. I mean, he's got himself sent off. He's looked a bit hot-headed. He's looked a bit all over the place, like headless chickenish. Um that, that with um and but Melamed sort of like the complete opposite. He looks quite considered. His touch is good. He looks quite a cultured player. Uh, like he looked good in the like when he's running the channels. He holds the ball up well. He had some nice flicks. Uh, and like I was saying this on the pod last week, Chris Kane. Um, I wasn't buying it for a while. People tell me he was getting better, but I've watched I've watched quite a lot of St. Johnston in recent weeks, and he has. His, his touch is good. His link up play is good, and his work rate is so infectious. And I said this last week that I think in Scottish football you can get quite far as a striker if you add serious work rate to, to your game. I think you can sort of leave, elevate yourself to being a Scottish Premiership striker even if you've got sort of minimal talent if you like and then they've got the creativity with their spin. So yeah, I think there's good balance in there. There's height, there's skill, there's touch, there's work rate uh, and obviously the back threes start to look really solid and really settled and with care being sort of the main man there. So yeah, uh, I'm, that, this final is going to be really, really interesting. I know Livingston going in favourites, but it wouldn't shock me at all if St Johnston managed to figure out a way of winning that game. Right, we'll go to Tanadice now, where Dundee United, well, the two off-form teams in Dundee United and Hibernian, where Hibernian coming out on top with a 2-0 win. Uh, I watched that. I mean, I was shocked before the game. Um, I'd done a little bit for Dundee United TV uh, with Ali Heather and I, I and even though the bet that I, I was going to talk about didn't actually make it in with the cup because as people are probably aware I talk quite a lot when I'm on these things so uh, he, he probably had to make some decisions there uh, but um, when he was talking about Dundee United I expected them to go back to a back three because in the 5-1 game they went back to a back four they went back to this trying their best to sort of force in McNulty Clark and Shankland into the team uh, and I expected when I'm getting their fingers burnt to the degree they did in a, in a, in a 5-1 defeat that um, he might have went for, um, that he, he might have went, reverted back to that 3-5-2 that he'd been using in other games. But he didn't. He actually, Mellon, stuck with it. And it just ended up that the right-hand side of the team, the, the, the fullback just gets sort of just quite left out there. Because McNulty ends up coming inside so much and they end up sort of all on top of each other. And while there's talent in that and um, and it just makes them relatively easy to defend against because everyone is just sort of on top of each other. You can just play quite narrow and you can easily kind of sort of deal with it. They had Bolton on the pitch, which I do think is the right thing for them to do. Uh, I think Bolton, well, he's not perfect. I do think he has, he's got pace, he can get to the byline, he can grow, he's got a bit of skill. But um, he sort of was the only one that was giving them any sort of width. So, like, their formation seemed a bit all over the place, if, if I'm being honest. Um, but Hibbs and Jackson Irvin, I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to be a, a really good signing. Um, obviously, I was a bit worried uh, with the fact that um, he's only coming in short term. I was thinking it because he hadn't played in so long. Um, obviously I hadn't played in like 10 months with all things considered when he was he left Burton and there was no um, and obviously with lockdowns and, and football stopping and all that stuff I was worried about him coming in but he has seemed to have got up to speed faster than I expected so now even as a short term deal that's looking like smart business even though I do obviously hope that they, they bring it back in but Hibbs much more solid McGregor coming in has been Bizarre. I mean, I, I know Tom. You're, I think you're of the opinion that he was part of the 
what we we see a lot on the on the podcast chat that the the coaching team that always ends up on the bench for Hibs. Yeah, and I, I think there were there were there was an awful lot to like about. I mean, I, I thought the the some of the changes there was obviously interesting changes before a ball's even kicked that that both Portis and Nisbet were left out the starting eleven. As it stands, as we are recording, both are still Hibs players, unless anything dramatic has happened in the last few minutes. Um, but I think that you almost saw the difference between Jack Ross's hand was. You would assume that the reason that they were, you know, they were not involved is because of the transfer speculation round about them that it's unsettled them or. Uh, you know something around that. So his hand is is slightly um, played for him, but because of that, I think he got a more balanced team on the pitch. Whereas I think Mickey Mellon was trying to put out his eleven best players, and I've no idea what he's trying to do with it. I mean, I've now watched Dundee United. Like I, I find them incredibly hard to watch. Yeah, they're. Even in even in games, even in close games, even in games where they've they've been beaten, um, largely I've not seen any. I haven't seen them them win this season. Um, I don't think, but they are they are a very very difficult team to watch. Um, and when you've got a team full of runners, like Hibbs had legs in in abundance, so like you've got especially with the new signings, Irvin and Cadden. Got, I mean, there's a lot yeah, more legs. Ir- yeah, Irvin, Cadden, Murphy, Boyle, even Doy. Like you've got runners, and when you play the way that Dundee United do, which is basically to sit deep, and you've got three strikers, mm-hmm. you're just going to get penned in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the issue with Dundee United having men around the ball is yes, there's still obstacles between you and the goal, but you don't have to be passed around if you're, you've got five men who are direct running at you. Uh, it, they're, they're just, they just got penned in. The only threat that Dundee United posed was, I think, maybe twice in the entire game, they got beyond Gogic mm. uh, and uh, and they broke, but they didn't break in numbers. It was a case of one one or two players broke the line and they they... They were like two v four or two v five. There is so like I, I mean they are they are dull to watch. There is no dynamism in this team, and I I just don't know what Mellon's trying to do with it. Um, they're now in the the worst form in the division. They looked like they would be a com- I, I mean I still think they'll be comfortably safe, but I don't know what their long term plan. I don't even know what the, the short-term plan is for, for them for the rest of the season because the, the plan seems to be at the start of the season it was like right if we finish if we finish the game with if it finishes nil-nil fine we'll take that and move mm-hmm. on but I and I think what we saw against Smithen what happens if you don't have a goalkeeper as good as Segrist and you play like that that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. um, but to invite you can only invite teams on to you so many times without an ability to counter. You can only do that so many times before somebody eventually is going to annihilate you. And that's what happened then. Uh, that's what happened in the Mirren game. And I thought Hibs were so, so, so comfortable yeah. in this. Um, the only way, I think, with Dundee United, again, I was saying this to, to Alan Osobe, I actually think 
going maybe a lopsided formation, um, similar to maybe like what Hibs were under Lennon, you know, when it was Stevenson on one side and Boyle on the other. Um, maybe try to do some of that so they can get the back three in there, which I think does help them. They, they've, certainly over the period, they can seem to concede less goals when they have a back three. That's just what it looks like. They're over a chunky period there, but the back three and they were, they were conceding less goals. 3-4-3, three, three, they can maybe get uh, sort of Robson or Smith on one side, sort of who, who can defend a bit, or Robson on one side, who can sort of do more of the defending. They're natural on their fullbacks. So you could have Bolton on the other side in a 3 4 3. So, I mean, it would like sort of a bit lopsided there, and Bolton sort of be more of the attacking threat. And then obviously everyone can shift in. You can go into a back four, blah, 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 how that sort of fluid formation works. And then that also means that you can get Clark playing up front because in other games that they've been playing, even with three at the back, Clark ends up playing sort of central midfield when they play a 3-5-2, and it's a pair that plays up front with, with Shanklin. But I think it could work with a pair, Shanklin and Clark all play, rather than McNulty. I think McNulty plays only if he plays up front. He can't play wide. He's not going to hold in a wide. He's, he's, he's the most centre-forward of centre-forwards there's ever been for me. Uh, he, he likes playing on the shoulder of the last defender. His main attributes is movement. It's his intelligence as a, as a striker. He, he, he's great at playing on the shoulder. He spins in. He, he does it well. He's, he's really good at being a flat-track bully. That's certainly how I found him at, at Hibs. He can get a bit found out when he started to play against better teams. I never really thought when we were playing the old firm or we were playing Aberdeen or, or we are playing like Hearts in a derby that Minnelli's going to be the man to pull out the bag for us on his own, you know what I mean? But when we're playing a weaker side and Hibs are on the ball a lot and it's going to take so through balls, then McNulty's really good at that because he'll play on the shoulder and that movement will help even in a sort of tight defence. Um, and then you can still play Butcher and Fuchs in there, which has a, bit, like a lot of balance in terms of a defensive side in there. Uh, and sort of Clark's good enough to drop off and then you've got Shanklin and a pair's good at pulling wide because he's played wide as well and he's, he brings a bit of pace and dynamism to, the, to that forward line which I mean Clark and Shanklin they've got their plus points but pace probably isn't, isn't one of them so that's sort of like me desperately Tom trying to figure out a way of getting that team to sort of tick but I think there just has to be acceptance that McNulty, Clark and Shanklin isn't going to work and I, and I said this on the pod last week and I really am starting to think there might be something in it I think he feels backed into a corner a bit because this whole club's taken a pay cut, pretty much apart from McNulty, because he came in and his, his contract got stayed, according to what I read. That got stuck in. He got to keep his contract because it was newly signed. Everyone else took it. So if McNulty's not good enough to get a game, but he's the only one getting paid his full wage, it seems a bit ridiculous. And he's also on loan. He's not actually, a, everyone else actually is contracted player. So I think he feels like he needs to play him. I don't think he banked on Clark probably being one of their... <laughs> they're better players I don't think any of us did um, but going back to, to Hibs briefly before before we move on um, Nisbet's great and I mean he's, he's, in, he's been in bad form recently but if Hibs want to play this 3-4-3 three, three, uh, which is quite fluid it looks like Dodge is the one because um, I think the idea when he had it with Nisbet, Murphy and Boyle when he used it in the in the cup semi-final I think his idea is to play it similarly to how um, Aberdeen did early in the season with Watkins, Wright and Hedges. And he wanted them sort of interchanging. And I can see where that would work. But it hasn't worked a few times. I've seen it whenever Nisbet's been played in a front three. But Dodge is so good at being a handful. I mean, even when Dodge isn't at his best, he, he occupies defenders. He's tough to play against. He battles. He wins header. And again, something like I was saying earlier, his work rate's huge, Dodge. His work rate's huge when he plays up front for him. So that seemed to suit 
sort of Murphy and Boyle uh, playing with him. And then obviously Cadden sort of seemed to, seemed to be getting fitter and fitter. He sort of looked better, looked good in the Rangers game, looked better in this game. And so the second goal I thought was really, really good. I mean, it's terrible for the United point of view. I mean, all Irvin's had to do is sort of beat one man. He beats Butcher with sort of a nice wee touch and that's body swerve. But then he's just got, like their defence is so flat-footed that he's able to just play a ball in behind them. And it's like dream time for, for Martin Boyle in there. Three defenders are so spaced out at the back. And it's a nice little boy. And I like the way Boyle ran around the ball before slotting it at the corner. I think some strikers might have worried and tried to maybe hit it with their left foot or took too long. But he sort of waits till it's a perfect time for him to hit the shot. He wants to use his instep on his right foot past the goalkeeper. So when the ball goes round, he sort of, without taking a touch, he uses his body to just sort of run round the ball. So he's facing it from on the left-hand side, coming onto it, and then he's able to curl it in. But yeah, I mean, with the way form and the problems that Hibs have been having, I don't think they could have picked a better team to be playing um, than uh, Dundee United in that point. And it's a huge three points for Hibs. It's a big three points for um, Ross because he wants to be able to get this team battling. Because now with the Cup semi-finals, it's going to have to going to be comfortable fourth. And now fans who maybe would have been happy with the League Cup in fourth, maybe he needs to prove now he really needs to be getting third. You know, he needs something to hang his hat on now this season. And he'll be hoping with the additions at Irvin and Cadden and, and whatever else is going on that he'll manage that. But interesting times with Hibswa when this bit of he's handed in the transfer request, because even if he doesn't go, there's obviously an unhappy sort of star man there. So, so who knows what's going to go on. Let's finish up. With Livingston and Aberdeen, it never seems to end, no matter what this looked like. So at Livingston's sort of biggest struggle, uh, if you like, I would say. Even, I mean, that sounds ridiculous because they played Celtic twice, but uh, I watched those games and um, I thought Aberdeen certainly caused them a lot more bother than, than Celtic did in those games. And Were you disappointed not to come away with three points, Tom? Um, yeah, I, I think that... I mean, it was, it was a good game for a 0-0. Mm-hmm. I think uh, both teams went for it. Um, both teams can could point to having some fairly, you know, some fairly good. Livia had a goal disallowed, and they had the best chance of the game, which may or may not have been over the line. But like even with multiple multiple replays, you can't can't say for certain. Uh, but I think over the course of the game, Aberdeen probably had three or four very good opportunities that they they could and and and, and should have taken. But but both teams played football. Um, it, it was pretty open. Um, um, I think nothing will symbolise Livingston's confidence at the moment more than the fact Effie Ambrose had an overhead kick from about 20 yards out that wasn't that far off. Um, Things dreams are made so, uh, of, man. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. It was unreal. Um, but no, I think it, it was... It disappointing not to get, from Aberdeen perspective, not to... to, to to win the game because there were probably four, maybe even five guilt-edged opportunities. Obviously, uh, Sam Cosgrove has, has now left and that news was kind of filtering through that that was going to happen by the weekend. So Conor McLennan started as the main striker and it kind of worked. Like it, That may be where his future lies. He's, he's not tiny. He's fairly decent. Uh, you know, he's decent in the air. But he does. He, his his big problem is he needs to decide where he wants to be, what what his, what his role is. Like this season, he's been a pretty effective winger. It looked for a good wee while yeah. that he could be a very good wing back, because um, his work rate's 
it worked it's very good and it looked like that might be where it um where his future is i from the sounds of it there will be there, there is at least one new center forward in the door um at Aberdeen there, there could well be a couple more by the, the end of it so not sure if the McLennan will get that um but he hit the bar there were a couple of other opportunities um you know Ross McCrory Johnny Hayes probably had the best chance of all of them and, and fluffed his lines <laughs> big time um, <laughs> Yeah, and so I think over over the course of the game, given the, the opportunities that were created and how well Livingston have been playing, to force those kind of opportunities when nobody else has done kind of similar, it is is the issue. But it's been it's been the issue all season. I mean, um, even when when Watkins was fit and he was kind of the main the main striker, the, the football was much much better. But Aberdeen didn't finish chances; they were still quite wasteful. Main is Curtis Main and Cosgrove hasn't really been firing. The latter, I think, has probably known he was leaving for a good few weeks. Um, but I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that had Aberdeen had a, a, a poacher who was, or you know, had a, had a number nine who was on their game, they could comfortably be six, eight points better off this mm-hmm. season and that's without being spectacular no there's the, this nil nil the nil nil with St Johnston um, the, the the Motherwell game twice against Dundee United and uh, 1-1 draws against against Hamilton and even, even the 4-1 loss to, to Ross County had there been some kind of actual striker on the pitch at 2-1 down um, then that would have been a far, far more competitive game I mean I, I, in, if you're only taking into account open play, then Ryan Hedges is the top scorer with four. So it's very obvious who the where the problem is and why it seems like they're going all out to bring in at least two, if not if not three three strikers. I mean, can't be too disappointed given the way that Livingston have been played, and I think in the build up to the game, given Aberdeen's form's not been great, you know you. You take the point. And you would move have took on. a point before the game, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, and we've got to do it all over again tomorrow night. Yeah. But all things considered, and the, the chances that were created, um, the more they they really should have taken three points. How would you feel if Callum Hendry is the is the one that's been brought in? Because uh, and I've seen that I just saw he was linked with with Hibbs as well. He had a good end to the season. In last season, he's certainly a guy with attributes, but uh, it does seem a bit bizarre. If true, I mean, we're we're maybe we're gossiping here, Tom, if you like, but um, it does seem a bit bizarre that the sort of backup St. Johnston striker is the sort of a, a player that both Hibs and Aberdeen are, are, are tracking at the moment. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's been a it's been a bizarre day. So Fraser Hornby is in. It looks like Fraser Hornby is in certainly, yeah, yeah. and that seems like that's quite an exciting one for fans. I mean, Absolutely, it, it's um, a bit more of a like for like of Cosgrove than than, but you know, I think probably certainly from the under twenty ones. I mean, over the weekend there was an awful lot of people that apparently have seen an awful lot more of him play than the amount of games that he's actually played in the last <laughs> Yeah, season. well, that's always happened. Because he's well-known. He's a well-known young player. So suddenly everyone's yeah. seen him tons of times. Oh, yeah. I, I watched him forever in under 20. Did you? Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> um, so I think that he's, he's kind of the, the exciting one. And obviously there's 
by the time that people hear this, one or both of uh, Florian Camberry and... Oh, yeah, Camberry, I forgot about that. Fucking okay, yes. So it's been, I mean, it's a vintage, a vintage end to you know, transfer deadline day. <laughs> I, I think I don't, I don't see it with, with Henry, but obviously a lot do. And I think a lot of the like, diehard football statos, uh, um, you know, and, and, and the number of uh, analysts that you know, really know their, their metrics for things um, rate him very highly and see something in him that like, I, I don't really see. And apparently Callum Davidson doesn't really see either. But I think the fact that there is, he's either got an amazing agent who is telling everybody, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's like the types of things Aberdeen, but we know we have to fend off the interest from the Premier League too. You know? <laughs> or there is something that nobody's managed to get out. I mean, I think when he first broke through, you know, time is all kind of mangled, so I can't remember how long ago. Two seasons ago, yeah. he, he, there was there were signs of right this, you know, this this guy's got something, but he hasn't really kicked on. He seems to have regressed, and the the amount of rotating of the forward line that St Johnston do, he hasn't really been, been part of that thought. So it, it's easy to, to sort of put two and two together there and think he's not very good, but. They tried to, to start the season. They did seem to be he was the main man. He was. They played him a lot. They tried to play him out of bad form as well. I think because he wasn't scoring for a while, and eventually they just had to accept that because St Johnson were just crossing the ball constantly, looking for Hendry, and the ball wasn't going in. So they eventually just had to sort of change it up, and they looked to make sort of different sort of entries into the box and change it up because it wasn't working. But I, I am of the opinion that there's something to work with and there's attributes there and I think for both I'm happy for him to sign Hendry if Nisbet doesn't go or if Nisbet goes we sign another player as well and I'd say probably similarly for you Tom is that you've got Hornby you'd maybe take the punt on Hendry as long as it's not you're hanging your hat on Hendry for the for the rest of the season Canberry I think is an interesting one because he's he's had these ups and downs but he's um, in terms of the style of Aberdeen uh, he does sort of lie somewhere in the middle between Sort of Watkins in, in Cosgrove. He doesn't mind going into the channels. He, he quite, he, he's quite, he, he certainly thinks of himself as a skillful player. He, I mean, he wanders around like he's Cristiano Ronaldo, which can be infuriating, but uh, it does do the job sometimes. But uh, so I think he would maybe suit that front three. I think the interchangeable, he'd be able to go wide. He, he sort of played wide on occasions for, for Hibs. Um, so I could see him sort of that interchanging that they had where when Aberdeen with their bets, with Hedges right. And, um, and and Watkins, I could see, I could see exactly where McInnes is coming from with Canberry, but um, and, it, depends and what, it, depends, it depends what Canberry they, they, they turns they're, up. They're looking at, yeah, yeah. and you know, the, the Canberry from three years ago, and the one that, that first the Hibs first got on loan, where you're like, right, this guy is a player. Like he's got he's got skill. He, he can finish. He's mm-hmm. tormenting very very good defenders. And the one from uh, you know a year, 18 months ago that just didn't, didn't really look interested. I think the, the plan is obviously to have, assuming that the, the plan is to have to have some other form of option now. So Bruce Anderson's gone out and everyone is kind of, all, all the Aberdeen fans are kind of willing Bruce Anderson to, to get a goal and kick on because he was so good for the under-20s and it just doesn't look like that. Yeah. He's out of contract in the summer. He had 
a pretty much an open goal at the end of the game, uh, this game, and, yeah, and managed to head it wide. Um, so it doesn't look like that's going to work for him. And the 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 loan out to Hamilton probably is good good for all parties. I do. I find um, it funny though. I mean, if you're a Hamilton fan, you're like, all oh, right. So what we're getting a guy who they cut they cut his loan short at air. Because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't good enough, and yeah, now now he's turning up to to play for us. Bizarre. So what do you think? I think for Hamilton, is he still an improvement? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy, you're in Ockenpo. Which is, uh, I mean, like if it, 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 as a t- sort of two years ago, he was scoring so many different sorts of goals for the twenties that everyone thought he was sooner or later gonna he was gonna kick on, and there have been. Plenty of examples of players that just hasn't worked for, but he needed he needs he needs games, so it makes sense. But if the only other striker is Curtis Main, and there's some talk whether he will either be he may well be moved on, and there's interest from down south, or if at the very least he's had his fitness issues, then I would guess the plan is to at least have something different, and that would be what either Henry or 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 um, Canberry would offer. Yeah, and then Canberry if it's all loan. Um, he seems to suit him when he's on loan. When he was on loan at Hibs, he had some. He had, you know, he was very good. When he was on loan at Rangers, he had some moments. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but a team, he did have. He had some good games, even in Europe. He, he sort of played well. So maybe Aberdeen is the right. Like they get Canberra on loan, and he'll tear the place up. Uh, a three-year loan. A three-year loan. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know that he's on loan for three years. He thinks it's only a year. But we'll not bother going any more about Livingston. We'll call it there because there's plenty. Livingston chat, as you would imagine, in our top five SPFL players of the month on uh, Patreon. So, Livingston fans, subscribe, or if you're already there, come over and listen to that because there was many a Livingston player mentioned on, on that podcast. So, you'll get all your Livingston hits there. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, Tom, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. And, guys, have a lovely, lovely evening. Goodbye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.